0: Welcome, and thanks for joining us at the Grown-Ups Table. I'm Dave
1: Patterson. And I'm Dylan DeQuano. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the shit that you never learned, but you probably should have. What's going on, Dave? Oh,
0: you know springtime yard work cleaning the shed all that fun stuff
1: nice that's good. how about you yeah you know it's kind of a crappy rainy day out there today so haven't got up to too much but um yeah today i guess we got our our good friend martin van helden joining us that's and, right um so we're gonna be talking to him about the perfect job interview uh now martin is a recruiter and he's worked with lots of different people and uh, different companies in hiring practices, getting people to find jobs uh, when they're looking for jobs, getting companies to find employees when they're looking for employees. And he's hopefully going to show us some tricks of the trade, some things that help you when you're uh, looking for a job out there. But before we get into that, uh, he's going to be joining us in a couple minutes. Just wanted to ask, as we do every week, what have you been working on lately? I'll go ahead first, if you want, or you can yeah, ask. Yeah, sure.
0: All right, Dylan, like we ask every week, what have you been working <laughs> on this week?
1: Uh, well, yesterday, we hung up some shelves in our upstairs bathroom. Nothing special, but the, it just looks really complete now. We um it was this is mostly an Emily project. She ordered some brackets online that she really liked and then we went and got some wood and we got the wood cut to size and then stained it and treated it and um put the brackets on. So they're kind of custom shelves. They're nothing crazy, but they look great. And Emily's a very good decorator. So upstairs bathroom, almost complete.
0: And you've maxed out your toilet paper storage now. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Ready for another pandemic. Yeah. How about you? That's awesome. Yeah. I've been working on some little projects around my house. I painted my living room uh, about a couple weeks ago now. Uh, which is the last room on my main floor to be painted, which made me realize all the things I need to fix. (laughs) So uh, I've got all kinds of mix-matched colors, switches and outlets around the main floor. So I've been poking away at getting them all uh, uniform and updated and not covered in the last three colors of paint the house was painted. (laughs) You know, fussy things like that I'm working on.
1: So you've painted the whole house now.
0: Whole house inside and out. I can definitively say that I had one paintbrush that lasted all those jobs and it was limping through the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to burn it, cremate it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Give it a, you should give it a, like a sea burial. Yeah,
0: It deserves like a Viking funeral, man. That thing's a warrior. Absolutely warrior. I don't know if my archery skills are good enough to like, maybe I'll go down to Lake Erie this next weekend and just like build a little boat for my paintbrush. and
1: I, I think you should and light it on light fire. It yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I can't see anybody around like the public beaches having an issue with me doing this.
1: Are there any gas refineries in the general area you can make sure that you like avoid <laughs> that, that? I think that's an important thing for any Viking burial in the 21st centuries. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say Viking burials and gas
0: refineries don't necessarily go hand in hand, but, um, this paintbrush deserves it, man. Yeah, for sure. It's fought a good fight. <laughs> so, yeah, learning a lot about different switches, trying to keep track of which ones are three-way and not, and uh, making sure I don't electrocute myself along the way. Do you
1: have any experience doing much electrical stuff, that
0: kind of stuff? Stuff I'll like this. Like, I, I replace light fixtures in my house, yeah. switches, outlets, those kind of simple things. Mm. Um, the biggest challenge, honestly, is just when you're by yourself my uh breaker panels in my basement. Mm. So you're running up and it was not clearly labeled by the previous owner. So I'm doing a lot of running up and down the stairs trying to figure out if I've killed the right switch or not. <laughs> so that's the biggest pain. If I had somebody else here who I could just yell up and down with, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah,
1: I had one day where I really needed to figure some stuff out and Emily wasn't home and I would just I had every single light on everything plugged in and turned on in the house and i'd go flip a switch and run around the house and try to find out which room that was impacting or which half of a room or which exactly yeah
0: sometimes if there's like a shared wall between two rooms it'll be like half of two rooms are on one switch (laughs) and then your outside lights are on one of them and
1: yeah, it was a yeah. workout, not going to lie. Yeah, man,
0: you get get your steps in for the day, so that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But I bought one of those little tester pens to make sure I don't fry myself. That's probably... Those, uh... Like $20 at Home Depot. If you're doing any light fixtures, outlets, switches, highly recommend it. You just hold it up to either a wire or you can stick it in an electrical socket and lets you know, confirm that there's no power coming into it (laughs) highly recommended before you get in there with screwdrivers or your fingers or anything else where you will, you know, have some regrets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say for the most part, I'm a finger tester. I just like touch yeah. it. And if it, it electrocutes me, I know it's on still. And that's, that's always worked out for me. Is that why you grow
0: the beard out? So that if you get fried a little, you can just like, if it just singes the first inch, you still have a fallback beard.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. It's, it's the best way to do it. I think.
0: <laughs> that's great.
1: All right. Well, we'll bring Martin in in just a second.
0: Yeah. I've got a lot of questions to ask. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've had a job interview. To be honest with you, yeah. How long have you been doing your current gig? Current. Uh, I've been in this job for five years now, so it's been a been a little while. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of trends have changed. Um, I feel like especially with resume writing and stuff, trends change really quickly on this stuff. So it'll be interesting to talk to Martin about what they're looking for now and how to stay up to date on these things. Um, the importance of tools like LinkedIn was not popular at the time I was looking for jobs. And now it's huge. Just so stuff like that too. I'm really curious to get his thoughts on.
1: Yeah. And just kind of finding out like what companies are looking for when they're, uh, absolutely like in general, like if they see that you've had like four different jobs in the past two years, is that a red flag or does it it really depend on the company you're going to work for, the industry you're in, or are there some general red flags that any employer is going to look at and have some concerns or or think is great?
0: How do you get around that uh, classic dilemma of needing job and experience to get a job where you can't get your foot in the door because you don't have the experience? (laughs) Yeah. So, how do you those. solve that? Yeah. That maze
1: entry level job that requires five years' experience kind of, uh,
0: yeah. And that can really stump a lot of people and put you in a hard spot. So, it'd be great to get somebody's perspective on that who's worked on both sides and helping people
1: navigate this riddle. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, man. All righty, well we got Martin Van Helden here on the show now. Uh how you doing, Martin?
2: I'm doing excellent. You know, as excellent as one could be during these times.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> so what's like
2: the like the level of excellence now when you're excellent is like really low. <laughs> it's not a high yeah. bar. It's not a <laughs> the high bar.
1: has bar. been lowered by quite a bit. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm actually doing shit. Uh okay. Yeah. That's the truth. But
0: but excellent. <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> just kind of fall to understanding now that excellent really means like all right <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah yeah like just yeah okay <laughs> still co- still coasting
1: yeah yeah what have you been doing to keep yourself busy like during we're like more than a year into this now oh god it's been <sighs> weird and changed
2: <laughs> it has been weird uh well at the onset of covid i got laid off um So I was out of work. I was one of those Serb kids, you know, and uh, living in (laughs) Toronto. And I was living in a basement apartment, which served me really well when I could just go to work every day and all I needed it for was sleeping. But when it came to, like, quarantining for three weeks in a basement apartment and when I go outside, like, everybody else from the complex was there, it was getting annoying. Mm -hmm. And so my parents live up north in Muskoka so uh so i just decided to come here i'm like let me get out of the city and you know they have a bed and breakfast here in muskoka and and lots of space and i was like let me just come up here i'm not working you know what i mean and so
1: yeah And cool i've heard so much about that that's what a lot of people have been doing lately is getting away from the city getting to a place with more space because if you're cooped up why not be cooped up in like a like all the nature you could imagine and lakes and things to do and like versus yeah. a basement apartment and like lots of infection all around <laughs> like
2: yeah like going down the sidewalk <laughs> and like big side steps around people like the yeah. the yeah the newest norm which is so awkward and
1: now you yeah, just gotta you even walk have sidewalks yeah. up there
2: there's no sidewalks here no no, if, yeah, if I'm weird. taking a walk here, I'm going into the woods, and I'm like, maybe you know, run into a bear or something. Keep it exciting. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Before I mean, it was crackheads six feet away.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, step back, bear. Okay, you're getting a yeah. little too close. Yeah. Where's your mask? Could What's you pull your mask
1: up? <laughs> yeah, a hungry bear or a hungry crackhead? Which you're gonna take? Yeah, well, I don't know. I might go with the bear.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so I've been here. I I got rid of my apartment in Toronto. Um, I got my job back actually. Right as soon as I moved here to Muskoka, <laughs> I mean permanently. I'm not here permanently. I'll be back in the city once things open up. But uh, uh, but it's good. It's a good refuge in the meantime.
1: Nice for sure. That's good.
0: So what are you doing for work right now, Martin?
2: So I am a bilingual recruiter. They're, they're a staffing agency, and they've they've been around for, I think, over 40 years, and they, they're actually based out of Amsterdam, and they've sort of mm. since grown and gone globally, so, uh, so I'm part of their Toronto office, and I work in their medical life sciences division, so I'm handling, I'm now handling new jobs where it's, you know, it could be anything with people with PhDs, and pharmacists, and veterinarians, and Because we're doing, you know, we're doing pet health and medical, so it's a brand new scope. I just started this job about um, just over a month ago now, and uh, yeah, so it comes with its challenges like any new job. But uh, but I'm learning a lot. So
1: sweet. So I'm guessing kind of like different um, type of clientele maybe. If you're hiring more people who are, like, in medical professions and in that field versus just general public, anyone looking for a job. Yeah. How do you sift through applicants who have PhDs? Like, which... This one's I'm a better s- PhD holder <laughs> yeah. than that one. This one's had been a doctor for 15 years. That one's only been for 14 but you're he not, had 3 years doing this.
2: You're not <laughs> as good as a doctor as the other doctor I spoke to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh it's all, now it's it's a lot harder. Like before my job before I was doing bilingual recruitment and that was very much customer service, sales. It's very much easier to suss out candidates you know what I mean in their experiences because I come from that Uh, but now people with PhDs I'm almost nervous talking to them (laughs) yeah (laughs) like so tell so tell me more about your oncology experience I don't
1: know yeah
0: (laughs) yeah I absolutely get that I uh, manage a consulting and staffing firm a small family business Um, oh do you okay yeah it's in an industry I knew very little about before I started working for them. And uh, I remember like doing some recruiting and trying to talk to guys or even just reading through resumes and you'd be on the phone with them and in about 30 seconds, they'd blow past all the terminology I knew. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) And you're just trying to keep up.
2: (laughs) And then you're just like, "Uh uh-huh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Can you just write that to me in an email, please? Yeah,
0: yeah I, I loved getting the email recaps. And then I always do that because we often have to hire French speaking people. And unfortunately, unlike you, I'm not qualified to do that. Right.
2: That's kind of why I got hired with this company. They don't actually have anybody bilingual. So while I'm technically a bilingual recruiter, they don't have a lot of bilingual roles. So I am focusing on English roles as well. But they're, right. just, they're completely new and out of my scope a little bit but it it all comes with time
0: so
1: absolutely yeah well before we get too uh deep into the conversation martin what are you drinking what are we drinking today
2: oh right now i'm drinking a monster
1: monster energy drink oh yeah
2: yeah it was one of those nights last night you know so (laughs) pump up some of that energy (laughs) this is so great i love it what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah and then uh and then i'm gonna move over to, to some other drinks afterwards what are you guys drinking what's
1: well um <laughs> i went out and purchased the uh, partake brewing ipa as you had recommended this is a 0.3 uh, percent alcohol uh ipa yes so it's a a non-alcohol. I've never had a non-alcoholic so, beer, let alone IPA. So, so I got the part.
2: Got? I got the partake pale. Um, right. This was this is my suggestion because I'm off the sauce. So, uh, I quit drinking back in September, which was Good a really you. great decision. Yeah, well, it was hitting it hard during COVID. You know, I think a lot yeah. of us were,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I feel like a lot of us have different relationships with alcohol, right? And mm-hmm. of course, and mine, it wasn't working anymore. You know uh we were starting to get in fights and stuff and it was just it was time it was time to end
1: (laughs) time to end but but you still want that little taste of that lager or the bubbly sensation right so
2: yeah exactly i mean you'll try this and you'll be like this definitely isn't beer if you guys are beer drinkers you're gonna be like okay (laughs) it's a nice you know it's a nice try
1: (laughs) Did you uh, end up grabbing one, Dave, or what are you going to be drinking this Unfortunately,
0: I was not able to get out to the store between whenever you told me what the request was and today, so I'm drinking (laughs) good old-fashioned coffee, because I'm also exhausted today.
2: Okay. (laughs) Good choice, Dave.
1: Yeah. Well, that being said, I really can't wait any longer to crack this thing. Crack it open.
2: Crack it open, okay? All right. Here we go. Your, yours is going to be a little bit oh. hoppier than mine. I don't remember. The, I've had the IPA like a while ago. It smells It smells like an IPA.
0: See, It's been so long since I've tried a non-alcoholic beer. I remember even just like seven, eight years ago, I feel like it was just super cheap shit. You could find mm-hmm. at like the grocery store. And it's yeah. cool to see some of these companies and breweries trying to make it better. I know there's, they've got, there's, they're stepping it up. Bridge, but it yeah. is
2: they're stepping it up and i'll i mean the the original suggestion i had for dylan was the heineken 0. 0.0
0: right
2: and they've actually done a really good job with this one it's one that you could crush like you could crush them in a way you know what i mean not right, that they're getting yeah. doing anything for you but you could drink them and you're not going to feel like you're not going to feel like shit because the like this partake you yeah you can have one and then you're like okay i'll have a I'll have a soda now. Thanks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, this thing really does have that IPA like hoppiness, Mm -hmm. bitterness kind of, but it doesn't have that like alcohol sting, I guess that you might have sometimes when you like drink an IPA. It's, it's just without that. So if you're not into IPAs, don't buy this because it tastes exactly like one. It's pretty good though for a. But like dealcoholized beer, like you're saying, Dave, like they used to kind of be garbage. Yeah, it's pretty good.
2: It's that aftertaste, right? That just sits with you forever. Like, and you're like, oh, like these are good. It still has that sort of IPA flavor. And me, as a you know previous heavy beer drinker, I can yeah. uh, I can appreciate what they've done here. And a quick yeah. a quick background on Partake actually. So it's a Toronto company. They started a website called NearBeer.com. And the guy who owns it, basically, he could no longer consume alcohol, not from alcoholism, but just he has an illness and I don't know exactly what it is. But right. He then decided to start brewing his own beer and he did like a GoFundMe campaign. And that's how I came across it. And then a few years later, they were all all over the LCBO, which is great, right? Especially for, for non-drinkers. So like, can I just get something non-alcoholic? Make it look like I'm per- purchasing something at the LCBO.
1: Thus the name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And w- one last thing before we get into the real conversation today, but we've been asking all our guests this: sure, uh, what what's something you've been streaming lately on the the old Netflix, the Disney Plus, the Crave TV, Amazon Prime? What do you got? What what what's something you've been watching that will tell us something about you?
2: Okay, um, I'm like I just I I've been really into documentaries lately, so that's sort of where I'm going. Anything sort of a little bit more true story. Nice. whatever it might be. I just watched, uh, it's on HBO. It's, uh, uh, Allen versus Pharaoh. I think it's called it's Woody Allen. It's the Woody Allen story.
0: Oh, um, I don't know. Oh. If you okay. The trial. Yeah.
2: It's no, it's not even no, it's not like just the trial. It's it's the whole story of what happened with Woody Allen and Mia Farrow. So, and how kind of twisted of a guy Woody Allen really is. So, (laughs) (laughs) a little darker maybe, but interesting nonetheless. Ruins a few
0: movies for you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I've rewatched Chernobyl because I thought it was fantastic. And if you haven't seen Chernobyl on HBO, it's also really really good. And I would I would I haven't seen
1: that one either. Yeah, where where do you watch all your HBO? stuff crave crave
2: yeah
1: i've got the like the low tier crave that like came with my internet but i need to i think upgrade to the one that you actually get the good content yeah (laughs)
2: what what are some of the things you guys watch i'm always interested
1: oh because i already talked about some of it i've been watching schitt's creek um i'm almost all the way through it
2: schitt's creek yeah Good show. I'm
1: really liking that one. Oh, something kind of goofier that we've been watching. There's that new Mighty Ducks TV show <laughs> with, that came out with, on Disney+.
2: Plus With Emilio Estevez. He's back.
1: He's, he's back.
2: back. He's
1: and, going to Bombay. And okay. it's definitely targeted more towards children. You can tell just in like the way that the plots develop. And it's like about kids more or less. But there's some pretty funny moments. There's some really good kid actors okay. in the show. And I just, like, I like hockey. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just kind of a fun thing to have on. And and Emily doesn't like hockey, really, or just doesn't care about hockey or sports in any way, shape, Almighty or form.
0: Mighty Ducks is fun enough, man.
1: And she, she's jumped on board because it's got that Lauren Graham actor who is in um, Gilmore Girls and okay
2: she, <laughs> she, yeah i don't know my her. Gilmore girls
1: <laughs> i don't particularly
0: either but it's... i don't even know who you just named
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think that's her name
0: yeah i started um with the new james bond movie coming out at the end of this year i was looking through the list of all of them i realized how long it's been since i've seen so many of them so i'm trying to rewatch them all in order before the new one wow. comes out so i just watched the first one And I realized two things. One, there's so much shit that would not fly today. There's so many scenes that, like, James, she said no eight times just because she said yes the ninth time. I don't know, man. (laughs) Shit like that. And also, I don't think anybody in the 60s had legitimate muscle definition. Like, I'm looking at this compared to like Daniel Craig and like action movie stars today. And I'm like, this is just so, not even action movies. You can't get in a sitcom with that physique today.
2: <laughs> See, I know. It's because they're all drinkers and smokers, and they didn't care. Like, oh, yeah. yeah I, no, I'll chase you in, in a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, like.
1: <laughs> Let me finish my Manhattan. Yeah, five martinis, and, five and away, then, and away
0: then we'll you go. Yeah. yeah. But great movies. Oh, my God.
2: What's the first one? Dr. No. It is Dr. No. Okay.
1: Yeah, Dr. No. Wow. I definitely haven't seen all of them. I think I, I, like, are they all available on any streaming service? Nope. Or you just got to find them wherever? I'm finding them wherever and
0: renting the ones I can't find. them
2: wherever. Yeah, yeah, I don't okay. want to right. no, too no, much. No, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, That's good. Okay, well, I don't know if I'll do the, the James Bond catalog, but uh, good on you. Good on you, Dave.
1: Yeah, that's that's a, a lot. How man. many movies are there? There's like twenty-five 20, movies. Yeah, I think this new
0: one's the twenty-sixth. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's but. a deep dive,
1: but good luck. Let us know how it goes. You'll have to update us.
2: Has there been anything that you guys are like, okay, I'm really gonna, I'm gonna start picking this up, and this is gonna happen. I'm gonna be pro at this now.
1: Something I've been trying to work on it kind of ties back into what you were saying earlier. You're a bilingual. Um, Recruiter, I've been trying to work on my French and learn French. I've been doing like the Duolingo thing, which I know is not like the the ultimate way to learn the language, but I'm like on a 120 day streak on there now. So yeah, I'm just trying to do a little bit every day and slowly chip away and like learn new vocabulary and and I don't know if you need to structure and stuff. Yeah,
2: that's fantastic, and I don't think you need to have the ultimate app or whatever it is it's at, at what's working for you to teach you and you know especially if you're kind of just starting out or you have a little bit of knowledge from high school and you lost a lot of
0: it go for yeah, it
1: yeah for sure well that kind of maybe leads into a good uh yeah, question segue in here relating I, to what you did I so did you... that on purpose <laughs> 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 he knew I was learning French <laughs> so you uh, like as a recruiter, is having French a huge asset on, like, paper or only if the job requires it?
2: It's, it's a tough question because I was working as a bilingual recruiter, so I'm always looking for that French piece, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I feel like there's a lot more opportunity if you are French, but it's only if the job requires it, right? It's harder to find a bilingual candidate than an English-speaking candidate. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so it's a good piece to have, yeah. And I would, de- I would say that if, if kids are learning French now, just keep at it and learn it. It, it could, it could put you into a, a really good-paying job early in your career
1: absolutely I deal with a lot of people from New Brunswick at work and a lot of the time I'll pick up a phone call and like you can tell that they've got a very French accent and I just I want to get to a point where I can at least start the conversation in French and be like, okay, can we move over to English? Cause I don't have all the the insurance vocabulary in French, but I can say hi and I can say, how are you doing? And what are you looking for today? Oh, when I um, cold
0: call people who speak French, my goal is to get them back to English as quickly as possible before <laughs> yeah. they lose me completely. <laughs> but I know even, uh, even internationally too, like we often, we send a lot of temporary workers all over the world. And, uh, being able to speak multiple languages really opens up the jobs I can send somebody on. Um, and we're often, you know, I'll be sending somebody to a French speaking country, but they'll be working for an American client. So they have to be good at both.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And things like that or Spanish. And so it's a, it's a huge asset. It's hard to find. I often find I'll have like 20 people I could send on a job, but none of them speak the language. And then I'll be in Montreal trying to find somebody who can. <laughs> right. And it's, uh, yeah, it definitely makes a huge difference for what you can apply for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we can get into some kind of job interview stuff here, because I think that's sure. something a lot of people, whether they finish high school, university, whatever path they go, at some point you apply for a job. That's the inevitable thing of adulthood. That's and it. there's yeah. a lot of intimidating steps along the way. Yeah, um, well,
2: what would you think is the first most intimidating?
0: <laughs> well, I think one of the first things is just looking at a job posting and figuring out if you're even qualified.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people just look at the job title and say, oh, I want that. And then they apply because now it's just easy enough to click and apply. It's not... Like before, you get to go in and hand in your resume and talk to someone. Yeah. Well, why do you think you're good for the job? Um. So you want to make sure you have the qualifications they're looking for, but there is a fine balance because what happens with companies is they sometimes aren't updating their job description and qualifications and what they're looking for. It's something old that they've had forever, and they're posting it because they need to fill this job. So there's things in there that they might require that you think that you might not need so you apply right but I think that can be covered in a very simple cover letter but like when I say cover letter I mean like a paragraph don't do (laughs) cover letters from the 1990s
0: do you see that a lot
2: no thankfully not anymore I think people have gotten the hint with that because what it is it's people summing up their whole resume and then here's my resume it's like ah it's redundant you know yeah um it's to do a cover letter, highlight some of the points that may, maybe those things that are missing where they're like, you know, I noticed that you, you know you require qualifications in this. Let's say it's a program, um, but you're like, I don't know that, but I have actually very really extensive experience with this program, which is very similar. Um, please see below for my resumes and feel free to reach out to me if you have any more questions.
1: Makes sense. So what would you say is, is the main purpose Of the cover letter then, like, what is the main information you want to put in there that an, like that in general, an employer is going to be like, that's actually what I'm looking for here. I don't need you to recap the resume. I've got the resume. I don't need you to just like toot your own horn. Like what is, or is it there to toot your own horn?
2: Yeah. Well, you want to toot your own horn a little bit. You want to show that you're, you're the right person for the job. You don't want to come across as cocky, but you have to be Mm -hmm. able to highlight your experiences. This is what I've done this is why you want me
1: yeah. so it's okay yeah. to be
2: it's okay to be cocky in that regard just to be confident in your qualifications and what you're doing if you want I think to do that's co- something
0: people struggle with
2: yeah i think yeah people are just like i don't want to be like a show off or anything it's like no it's okay it's okay that you're qualified in what you do and and show that you're confident about what you know and also be confident in the things that you don't know but that you have that ability to learn and that is something companies look for right if you're gonna so to answer your question dylan if you're gonna do a cover letter i still kind of try and shy away from it it really depends on the role i guess you know Mm -hmm. um but if you're so you don't
1: think a cover letter is always required
2: i don't think so but let's say let's say if you want to send one really short quick introduction and then in bullet points highlight like highlight your qualifications that are sort of asked within the role And Hmm. so they can see that without having to look at the resume right away. Yeah. So like, hi, my name is Martin. I, you know, this, consider this my formal application for your role. Here are a couple of highlights from my resume, bullet point. I have eight years of customer service experience. Uh, I come from this industry. I've worked with these programs that you work with. Um, I'm, and your language skills, bilingual, you know what I mean? Four bullet points and then, and then your resume, but don't, don't make it a long, convoluted thing, or they're they're just gonna throw it away. People are lazy. We're part yeah, of the TikTok. We're part of the TikTok generation here, right? Like if, a, <laughs> if a video runs over four and a half minutes, I go, do I have time for this?
1: That's interesting. <laughs> Has any company that you know of ever asked, or do you think that maybe this is going to be a trend in the future of like a video application versus? Uh, like a written, like if I can sum up in a 30 second video a lot better of what qualifies me than a half a page cover letter and you're going to open it on your computer anyway, wouldn't that kind of be better? And then you also get a sense of the person, maybe of their personality. Yeah. Like, has has that ever been anything you've come across or am yeah. I just a genius?
2: No, you're not. No, I'm you're not. You're not a genius. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Dylan. This is already being done. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a genius like in your own way, just not with that. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is a thing that exists Oh Yeah, it's,
2: a, it is, it's becoming part of some, some companies' interview processes. It helps streamline a little bit, and then it gets people into a second-round interview by doing this video right it is it shows people how they speak what their presentation skills are like how do they look it's it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to assess right a resume only says so much people want to see the personality right
0: i did that process in one job i applied for at a university and they had a first round you know submit your resume cover letter references basic stuff and then they did it was a video interview round but it wasn't with a live person There were I was emailed a list of questions and had to basically record myself on camera answering the questions. Send that in, and then from there they narrowed it down to an in-person interview pool. And it was—I found it very bizarre.
2: I yeah. See, I've, see, I like to reverse that question and say, "How did you feel about that process?" You
0: I found know? it very strange, especially at a time in my life where I didn't have a ton of interview experience.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, <laughs> That's and tough. when you can. When you can second guess yourself, when you know you can delete that recording and try again, you end up just like going down a path of being so unsure of everything you say
2: right exactly. whereas in
0: an actual interview setting, you kind of stick with it a little bit more, and I don't know you find think, that confidence,
2: yeah, exactly. well, I think this will be a good conversation because i'll I'll touch a little bit on like how how to be comfortable in an interview, you know what I mean? And, and going into there. and
0: Yeah, I mean, we can get into that right out of the gate here. For sure. Let's do it. The first thing so many of us hear about or are taught when applying for jobs, or basically from the time you're 14, is that you need to have a good handshake. And whether it's the first thing you do when you walk in an interview room or the last, it is a part of it. So, how important is the handshake? Is it overstated by everybody?
2: It's such a weird question now. Cause... Oh yeah, <laughs> of
0: course, COVID world. But uh... yeah,
2: it's like I I haven't shaken someone's hand in a long time. <laughs> I yeah, I'm always just like hi, and then we do yeah. Like they're a all fake,
1: gonna feel weird a now. Fake
2: far elbow or something. <laughs> the elbow um, <laughs> bump, yeah. The handshake is a huge deal just get get it right it just shows your confidence it already right it's it's a body language and it speaks volumes so you know don't overthink it too much but just a regular handshake shake someone's hand don't put in your hand like this and flop it around i've had people do that or or just come in like over too much like trump like the trump handshake. Trump handshake and i'm like no, no 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 you're not running the show here it's got meat in the middle, just a nice handshake. Nice meet You look the person in the eye and that's it. And don't hold on too long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what other body language, uh, things would you say are important? You're saying make eye contact during the interview, but like, is things like the way you position your legs, the way, like, are these things that actual anyone ever pays attention to, or is there some kind of real thing behind that? Uh,
2: I mean, I think, think about your posture, right? I've I've seen right. guys who've come into interview with me and they're like, yo, so, and I'm like, really? <laughs> You're kidding me. Eyes, like legs spread open. You know what I mean? Just sit straight, just sit straight and be comfortable. Don't have your shoulders up. Just like, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's all just I can really you. say. Just be you, but don't like not to you you know
1: not right? lazy
0: you
2: don't be lazy yeah. you yeah
0: <laughs> not not you at home <laughs>
2: yeah don't be netflix covid you we don't want to see that <laughs> yeah
1: no one needs that
0: nobody
2: wants to see that
1: <laughs> um is there is there and cuz you say that you've had some people who come in and they're just like hey what's up do you have some people who you've worked with in the past who they just can never seem to land a job no matter how many interviews they do and they're just not picking up on the and you know the reason they're not getting these jobs is because they're acting a certain way like is there have you had any experiences with that with people and like what would you say to people like you need to be willing to change
2: yeah pretty much uh, i have i had <laughs> there's one guy it's like super nice guy but like pulling teeth talking to him uh,
1: mm.
2: he would call me and he'd be like Hey, Martin. Yeah, do you uh, you got any new jobs for me, man? And I'm like, are, are you even interested in finding a job? <laughs> like what? And he would interview like that too. So you are like, yeah, he was really monotone, and I think he fell asleep halfway through a sentence. And I'm like, oh yeah, that must be Isaac. <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, man, like you, you're good at what you do. Your French is fantastic. You know, you have. You are a good person. It's just like, how come you're not just a little bit more lively, you know? I'm like, drink a Red Bull or something before your interview.
0: <laughs> yeah. I or need a to monster, monster or, energy.
2: Or a monster.
0: Aside from bad posture and monotone voices, what are some like common mistakes that people make that either they don't realize or they just don't think about?
2: I think, I think people get nervous in interviews because they just don't prepare. That's really what it comes down to. And you don't have to take a lot of time to do it, but you do need to just spend some time preparing. If you're trying to go in and be like, I'll be fine. And then they ask you questions and you're like, oh, sorry, I didn't even, I didn't think you were going to ask me that. And then you get stuck and then you get stuck on every question. So like, do research of the company. It doesn't have to be long. Go on the company's website, go to their About Us section and read about when they started and bring that information with you throw it back at them at some point in the interview. Wow, I noticed you guys have been around since 1975 and and have since grown your business uh, you know, all over the world. I think that's a fantastic. Um, you know, Just if you can show that you show some interest within the company and what they're doing, it already reflects better on you. And prepare questions. Get ready for questions that are going to be asked, right? Like, tell me mm-hmm. about a time you had a problem with the customer and how did you deal with it? It's a very typical question, write it down and make sure it sounds good. And it's short and sweet, (laughs) you know?
1: And, and something I notice happens in a lot of job interviews is towards the end, they'll say, do you have any questions Yeah. now? Is that like, should you bring questions with you that you want to ask? What are some good questions that you as an applicant should be coming with to, uh, the interview if they're not answered in the interview?
2: Yeah. So bring questions. The interview is not <laughs> just, the interview isn't just for the person getting the job. It's also an interview for the candidate, seeing if they want to work with this company, right? It may mm-hmm. not be a fit for you just because they're, hot, they're interviewing you. You're also interviewing them. So bring questions. And if you can't think of any, here are some great, easy questions to ask. What is the team dynamic like here? You can ask the person who you're interviewing, "What do you enjoy about working at so and so name of company inserted there?" <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what do you enjoy? So, it allows them to. You can feel off them how they actually feel about working with the company, and they'll mm-hmm. they're always happy to answer that question. Uh, so, those are two two really good starter questions. Um, and then, if you want to get into it, you can just say, so "What would what does a typical day?" look like within this position um so you'll get a little bit of a rundown of the job versus just mm-hmm. from the job description that they sent um, so that's another good question um, and yeah what would the expectations be for me within my first month of working here
1: Those are all great questions. I don't think I've ever asked any of those in an interview, but I feel like why wouldn't I have? I feel like everyone, you're right. It really is just as much about you. Am I a good fit for this job? Is this job a good fit for me? Um, Am I actually going to thrive here or like two months down the road, am I going to be looking for another job? Because I hate it.
2: Yeah. How are the people that you're interacting with? Do you want that person to be your manager? Like mm-hmm. think about it. Think about it while you're there or think about it while you're having your video interview, which is going to be what's happening now if you're interviewing. But think about the people you're talking to and do you want to report to them? Do you want to work with them? Or do you want to take some more time and maybe find something else? Yeah,
1: that's true. Because I think so many people just go into it. They're like, I need a job. This person said that they're going to interview me. This is it. This is my This is my future career. And like they don't care about anything of the actual job itself, just that they have one.
0: Yeah, I remember coming out of university, I interviewed for a handful of jobs, and the one I got offered, other than the company I'm working for now, uh, I went there and I did the interview, and it was the first interview, I was like, oh yeah, I crushed that. I felt so good walking out of that room, and then I had like a tour of their facilities all day, and they were like different, getting to know people. And I remember getting in my car at the end of that and be like, I don't want to work here. And and I'm driving away, I'm like, they're going to offer me the job. I've been turned down from like six other places. They're going to offer me the job and I don't want to work here. What the hell's wrong with me? Yeah. But I just had this feeling like the culture was not a fit for me. Like something wasn't going to be right.
2: And you're lucky that you got that walkthrough, right? Because sometimes you do this interview, then mm-hmm. you get the job. So now you've started or you quit your other job and now you're starting at this place and your first day there. You're getting a walkthrough and you're like, oh fuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Can that would have been way worse. You allow swear
2: words on your podcast. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's the grown ups uh... table, man. All
1: right. all right.
2: I got it I got a I got a pretty clean mouth for the most part. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's you see, that's a great example. And then you didn't
0: take did they offer you the job then? They did offer me the job and I did turn it down.
1: How man. did that conversation go? Um It wasn't
0: too, too bad. Uh, I think I was nervous about that conversation just because I'd never done it before. And I felt like, who am I to turn it down? But I I was pretty confident in my gut at that point. I I felt like, yeah, if if everything about me said I don't want to work there, then I shouldn't work there. It was also, you know, I wasn't quite done school yet. So I still, I didn't feel like this time crunch. It wasn't yeah. a situation where I had a mortgage to pay or kids or something where I just needed work. If I needed yeah. another two, three months to find a job, that was just fine. So I didn't feel that enormous pressure in that moment, which you know gave me the confidence to to make that decision.
2: Yeah, and that's okay. You know, it's okay yeah. to not take a job. That's what. That's you know. That's the whole point of the interview. It's like if you aren't feeling it, and your gut says no, then.
0: It's like a first date.
2: Trust your gut. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, right? You go on a date, and sometimes you get so focused on making the other person like you, you forget to figure out whether you like them. Yeah. We've all exactly. done that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you
1: go on a second date and think, what the hell was I thinking?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Why am I even doing a second date? Uh. Yeah.
1: Just another general question about resumes and, and when an employer is looking at a resume, what... Are some red flags that maybe you should try to like, if an employer sees that you've had six jobs in the past three years, are they looking at that going, I'm not even going to bother at that point? Should you be omitting some of those jobs from your resume? Is there anything unethical about not including everything on your resume? That's a lot of questions in there. <laughs> a lot of
2: questions. It's very loaded. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> well, I'll start with like, if, if you're jumpy, it is a red flag for companies. They, and it's hard to look at a resume and maybe not get the explanations why. So, I mean, if it's just contract positions and you're just constantly picking up three month contracts, put contract in brackets, <clears throat> like just so they're like, oh, it's a contract. I see. Yeah. Then they're not assuming that you're jumpy. They go, oh, it's a contract. Okay. I mean, omitting things from your resume is okay if, if it's, you know, if you can really explain your resume well enough and you don't need to talk about that. Right. So if you don't have something on your resume, don't talk about it in your interview. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why is it not there? That even means, well, I did work, you know, for a restaurant for a little bit, but I didn't put it on there. Well, then don't talk about it. You know? Yeah. So, if you want to talk about it, put it on your resume, and you can explain it. But yeah, the only reason you want to omit something is if you just feel like you don't have to talk about it. In the- yeah,
1: because I feel like sometimes you might be applying for a job in a certain field where they're like, "You're not going to care about my restaurant experience, or you're not going to care about the time that I worked at a grocery store for a couple months." Like
2: the other thing I was going to say, actually, just kind of go back, Dylan. Um, yeah, if you if, if you worked at like, let's say a grocery store and you were there for eight months, um, but you don't feel like it's relevant. The only reason it would be relevant is to show that you are working and there's no gaps in your resume. So you Mm want to keep it on there.
1: Yeah. Would you say that having a gap, if you took a year to travel around and like go to Europe and do a Europe trip, and then you have that gap on your resume, do you think that's actually a good point to put on your resume? Cause then they're that's telling them a lot about you as a person like that you like are interested in different cultures and that kind of stuff. And like, they get to know you more or it's not really work related. Don't put it on there.
2: No, I would say put it on. It's explaining your gap, right? But maybe if there's some, some takeaway that you had from that trip from Europe, right. Um, under like your skills and hobbies or something sort of closer to the end of the resume, um, where, You know, or or if it's in between, you know where your job gaps are, and you say took a took a year and a half and went to Europe, they see it there, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't think it's a bad thing to put it on there. It's really case by case.
0: So one general thing that our generation is probably the first one facing. I mean, I know growing up, you heard so much about if you have this picture on Facebook, you won't get a job. And it went from that to now everybody having these highly curated LinkedIn profiles. So right. how much does online presence actually impact a job hunt?
2: I think I think what all employers now are doing are looking at a resume and immediately going on to LinkedIn to see their profile. So anybody who is looking for a job, it doesn't matter in what, I would suggest putting up a LinkedIn profile. It doesn't have to, you don't have to have a snappy picture or anything like that. Um, you know, especially sort of anything in an office environment or anything like that, have a good LinkedIn profile. Um, it acts as a resume on its own. You can apply through LinkedIn. You can, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would definitely say for your link, whatever, Facebook, put up whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like I feel like companies should be able to separate the two. um, in a sense, you know what I mean? <laughs> it depends mm-hmm. on what you're putting on Facebook. But.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't post your latest DUI.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I if you have a LinkedIn profile. Put it on there. Uh, I would say take the time to do it, and you can update it whenever you think of more skills that you have on there. I think with LinkedIn, the more the merrier. Um, and to make sure that it, it matches what's on your resume. So make sure that the dates are matching up, all of those things, because people cross-reference
0: that. So makes a lot of sense. That's
1: a good, good point. I deleted my LinkedIn actually a while back because I had a job and I was like, I never update this thing. So I don't want to have an outdated LinkedIn. And also, I don't know, like I, I just don't have a lot of online presence, which is funny because we're doing a podcast here. But uh <laughs> But yeah, I think that I might have to go back on and, and re, reinstate it.
2: It'll come, it'll come after this
1: episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know as somebody who's hiring contract workers often, there's all kinds of industry-related um, groups on LinkedIn that I'll post in. For yeah. I'll post job ads. And you get a lot, of, a lot of good applicants that way. So it's definitely something to be, that's worth tracking if you're looking for a job.
2: Yeah, if you're looking for a job, go on LinkedIn and put your stuff out there. Put open to work. It it what, there's uh, there's not a recruiter I don't know who's using LinkedIn for the recruiting purposes. So, you know what I mean. It's if you're looking for a job and you need one right away, go on LinkedIn.
1: Um, but I was gonna say, if you are in a job interview, interview goes well, they call you, give you the job offer, but they offer you a salary that is lower than you were expecting, lower than when is a good time to like, should you just say, okay, whatever. Or can you, should you go back and be like, um, no, I, this not quite, can we try to meet up better on the salary?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the converse. Yeah. If they offer you a salary and it's not where you want it to be sitting, then you tell them, I think what you want to do, if you're, if you're out there on your own, you know, and working on your own salary negotiations is, is decide, first of all, what your bottom line is and what's the lowest you would go. And don't go below that because you want to know your value mm-hmm. um, and also where you feel like you could push a little more, right? And don't feel like you're not worth it because surprisingly you are. So... You know, if if you're like, oh, it's forty-two thousand, but it pays up to forty-seven, and I think I could do forty-seven, but I don't want to overshoot or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. the best the best way to do it is, is like my salary expectations are between 45 and forty-seven thousand. I was making about the same at my last job. Um, and I'd like to stay sort of at par with that. Um, obviously with a little bit more incentive. So mm-hmm. you're they don't need to know what you made before in your previous job so that's something that's important to know. That's your number to know. You know that you made 40,000. This job is paying 50. You say that you were getting paid 45. I know it sounds like lying. It is, but it's also <laughs> it also makes them go, "Okay," and then you you'll typically, they'll typically go above that, especially if you're qualified and they want you. The difference of $2,000 for a company to fill a seat um, with a really qualified candidate instead of just going, no, well, let's just find someone again and then go through the whole interview process again. Um, companies, are they, they have a budget and they're, they'll, they're willing to pay the money. They just don't want candidates to know that.
1: Yeah, they probably are working on the opposite. You've got your number that's the absolute minimum you could take and you want higher. Yeah. They've got a number that's the absolute top they can take and they're going to offer you lower. So you probably have a little bit that's of it. wiggle room to push in there. Just a little bit. Even yeah. if you push that bar higher than, than where they had maybe even set their limit, then they could come back to you and say, no, we can't go that high, but we could go here.
2: Yeah. You don't want to be ridiculous, right? You need to k- yeah. stay within the market value. If they don't have a, a, a salary range posted, take a look at what jobs are typically paying. You can find that on Google and, uh, and think about what you get paid currently and, and if it sits within there. That, that it's fair to you, um, but also try to get yourself a little bit more money. Then you don't have <laughs> to ask for a raise later. Think about that. It's your raise for next year, get it before and then you're happy. And if the company's going to pay the money, then everyone's happy.
1: <laughs> and then next year, still ask for a raise anyway. And then because, ask for a yeah, raise yeah, yeah. the following
2: year. Yeah. And then you're getting I mean, more that's money. That's
0: common sense. So I think we're probably getting close to the end of this part of the conversation. So maybe we've, one of the final questions we could ask, what's something memorable, one both good and one both bad that you saw somebody do in an interview, whether it was an answer they had, whether it was dressed in one direction or another, like what's a memorable good and bad thing you've experienced?
2: Okay, memorable, bad. This wasn't actually my story. It was just a girl I work with now at my new job she was like oh I talked to this guy and uh, we had an interview set up for him and then as I was preparing him for the interview we were going over some of the questions and she's like so what are some of your weaknesses which is a very common question you'll be asked in an interview he's like well I'm late all the time <laughs> and uh, I don't know Like, I, I just can't seem to make it on time and uh, I don't know I should get better at it she's like what? <laughs>
1: So don't show that hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah don't Keep that, that to yourself. And also don't just be better.
1: It's just, good that you recognize just be better. it. Now, yeah. now act upon it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, you were late for our phone call. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so yeah. come on, man. Um, I have a ton of stories. I mean, there was one girl who just, like reeked of onions i don't know what happened (laughs) stuck in a room with her and i was like and the thing is these are candidates that i'm gonna send two interviews to our clients so i'm like
0: yeah that's a hard note to give them
2: i had to have that conversation you know it's like that's a tough that's a tough chat
1: (laughs) you smell like onions susan can you can you shower like
2: (laughs) my eyes are burning from your stench I'm uh, gonna need you to bathe. Okay? It's your friend. It's your friend. Thanks, Susan. Uh a good story is I, I had this kid come in once and he was just a young young kid, like just finished high school. He's bilingual, and he he's like, Yeah, I work at my dad's convenience store. And that was his resume and uh and i'm like okay he's like but i run the store sometimes and i'm ordering stuff and i'm like okay let's beef up your resume here and uh i ended up you know he was so nervous and whatever but we ended up getting him in an interview and it's his first job out of high school and he got a forty two thousand dollar salary so being bilingual so that kind of goes back to your question earlier does being bilingual pay off it does and in this guy's case it didn't and those i I, those are the things i enjoy about my job is the coaching part of it the the you know getting people confident about themselves going in interviews we get nervous but we have to remember that the best part about us is us and who we are and to bring ourselves into the interview and bringing that confidence as well and that's why i enjoy what i do and and seeing people's you know, change lives change and getting careers and building their own lives up. And it's, it's fun to see that progression.
1: Nice. So if you're an applicant and you're looking for a job right now and you're having trouble, if someone is going to look for a recruiter, it's going to you or going to a similar company or something like that, do they end up paying a fee to you guys if they get hired? How does that usually work? Like, It sounds like a great service if that's not the case.
2: Uh, Yeah, no, the the candidates, I think a lot of candidates are scared to use agencies because they think that they're getting screwed from their salary and that the agency is taking a cut of that salary. They're like, well, I I could probably just make $45,000 if I applied directly. No, it's not true. Um, The clients are the ones who are paying. So it doesn't cost the candidate anything, actually. So it's a really good service to use, especially if you're just starting to get out into the market. Um, make sure that you're with an agent you can trust. Um, and, you know, that's it's building that relationship. But the agencies have direct access to hiring managers. So it's a lot easier than throwing your resume into a pile of resumes online. Um, The agencies will have direct access so they can get you ahead of all those other people who are trying to apply directly. But no money will be taken from the candidate. I know that's done from some maybe agencies in different countries. I don't know also how all agencies operate in Canada and and if that's the way they've done it. But where I've worked, no, this this isn't costing the, the candidate anything.
1: So, yeah, it sounds like to me if there is ever a time you're looking for a job, like I would totally use that kind of service because you're also talking about the coaching aspect that you give or that any sort of agent would help with. And also, yeah, that direct access, like you could be talking to a person at a company being like, you know, I've got this candidate, I've been working with them for like Couple weeks now, and honestly, I can see them fitting in perfectly based on what I can see and based on what your company is looking for. So yeah. you just really do have that leg up if you're working with someone like that. Versus yeah, and just like, oh, let's a, get another let's sheet get them of paper. In,
2: let's get them in on Tuesday, and 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 we create that pressure as an agent, right? Like, you really, really good candidate. You don't want to lose them. I would definitely suggest interviewing them soon. Uh, they're actively interviewing at other places as well. So maybe, maybe you should just think about having an interview and then there it is you know we get an interview for them so
0: that's really cool yeah that's a great the experience. other
2: the other thing I'll add for for candidates too is don't feel like you have to be married to one agency work with several um, some agencies might say oh are you working with other agents oh no you work exclusively with me and it's i i say just if you need to get a job you do it you can for yourself and if you have to work with several agencies Do it, but just be transparent with the agencies that you are working with other agencies.
0: Seems fair.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That was great. Really, really good.
1: Yeah, this is really good.
2: Yeah, this is fun. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. I think it's a really cool idea, and I, I can't wait to hear the other episodes that you guys put
0: together. Appreciate that
1: uh well thank you so much for joining us uh you've been great to talk to and obviously have so much knowledge on this side of hiring people and what it takes to get a job so and a lot of people probably need that these days so thank no, you again
2: I, thank you guys i had a blast doing this and talking about it and meeting you dave and
1: yeah you know. well
0: hopefully we'll uh, have you back out sometime
2: sure yeah i'd love to yeah if you ever ever want more advice from me let me know especially if you need to go to a party and how to mask that non-alcoholic beer i'm your guy
0: yeah we can do a whole (laughs) special gist on that (laughs) (laughs) non-alcoholic beers yeah yeah
2: Yeah. we'll get into the non-alcoholic spirits too yeah
1: Yeah. water Water. (laughs) water. do you have anything you you want to promote on the podcast and anything at all that's coming up that's cool in your life that you want (laughs) to oh there. man
2: so many things coming up uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I got a lot more couch sitting and no I've, I have nothing to promote just uh, just for everyone to just you know keep doing their part and not be idiots and you know wear Absolutely. your masks and, you know I know where you're getting it pounded in your head every day but uh, we're all trying here we're all trying to look out for each other and let's, let's just keep doing that
0: yeah great advice wise words. All right. Well, thank you, Martin. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure.
1: It has been. <laughs> we got to catch up soon.
0: We, we will. Well, that was a pretty informative conversation i would say oh yeah in more ways than one uh, but thanks again to martin for joining us and sharing his insight from a career as a recruiter kind of on the opposite side of a lot of the interview process that we're all familiar with
1: yeah for sure
0: so and great just, yeah
1: just good to chat with him again too it's been a yeah. while
0: yeah it's always fun to connect with people through these various topics it's a cool excuse
1: to get to know more about your friends Mm -hmm. yeah all right well next week our guest is katie McLean, good friend of ours and she's going to be talking to us about weddings but not planning weddings not your own wedding which she knows a lot about as a wedding planner but how to actually be a guest at someone else's wedding maybe you've only ever been to your older cousin's wedding when you were like 14 and now all of a sudden your best friend from college is going to go and tie the knot and you don't have any idea what you're supposed to bring for a wedding gift how to decipher what to wear how to behave if it's an open bar which it better be and you're not <laughs> going to have mom or your daddy to guide you through the night so katie's going to answer all of those questions and more to make sure that you're all set to enjoy your friend's big night and make sure that they enjoy you being there too
0: as always, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple
1: Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you look for your podcasts. Be sure to give us a follow, like, and give us a rating on iTunes if you liked it. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes, and we'll see you again at the Grown-Up stage.